You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Black Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Have a big show ahead for you guys. Going to catch up with BYU basketball program. They're 2-0 after back-to-back wins over Westminster and New Orleans. We'll also preview tomorrow night's crosstown clash against the UVU Wolverines. Mark Pope and some of his current players at BYU facing off against their former program. We'll run that down for you. We'll also talk some BYU recruiting. One of the biggest names in BYU's recruiting class. A guy they hope to sign, Logan Fano, expected to announce his commitment tomorrow night. We'll also run down some of the new offers that have been put out on social media over the past week as well. So a lot to get to on a Friday. It's brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Bar. We'll tell you a little bit more about them as today's podcast rolls on. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for November 27th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Of course, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, in my day job, and some house cleaning right off the top of today's show. I need to apologize. I told you guys Wednesday I was planning on doing a Thursday Thanksgiving Turkey Day edition of the show to recap BYU season opening game against Westminster. Well, when you make those promises, memo to self in the future, you guys know me, I like to pull back the curtain and tell you as much as I can and be as transparent as possible. But remember to self next time when you're going to record something like that, make sure you take all the equipment with you to make that happen. I left some equipment at the radio station on Wednesday and yeah, didn't get the podcast out. So my apologies for that, making up for it today, hopefully. And let's talk some BYU basketball as we get things rolling here. Just a quick reminder before we hit that to hit the follower subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. That way you never miss an episode of this show. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as passing along insider information that you will not find anywhere else. All right, BYU basketball now 2-0 on the season by virtue of their back-to-back wins Wednesday night and last night, Thursday night over both Westminster and the New Orleans Privateers last night. And both of these games had their own identities. Uh, First game, of course, Westminster. BYU goes out and ties the program record for made threes in a game. I believe they shot, was it 18 of of 39, excuse me, 18 of 39 on three-point attempts. Like I said, tied the program record for made threes. And I have to say, Watching that game against Westminster, I think you saw BYU's ability to be just as good, if not better, shooting the long ball than they were last year, this year. Hopefully that made sense. They were very, very good. And it shows by making 18 three-pointers. They roll up 108 total points. They blow out Division II foe Westminster, 108-59. to And I was really impressed by the depth of this roster and their ability to make threes in bunches. I did have the thought, though, and I was hoping to do a podcast, like I said, to talk about this, saying, hey, tomorrow night when they come back and face off against New Orleans, they're going to struggle a little bit shooting because you use up all that shooting 
in the first game. And for the first part of the game against New Orleans, BYU did look like a team playing in a little bit of mud. Their second game in as many days. But the Cougars, to their credit, battled through it and ran away with an 86-61 victory over the Privateers. Another solid showing for the Cougars as they now get ready to face off against UCCU. My biggest takeaways from this, though are that BYU, you're going to see a lot of three-pointers this year. They made 18, like I said, against Westminster. They only made 10 last night against New Orleans, 10 of 27 from beyond the arc. But this is a team who is going to look for and take a lot of three-point shots. Is it going to be to the same level that we see with some teams in the NBA? Maybe not, but I will tell you this much. I expect to see BYU hoisting up threes in bunches. Is that going to lead itself to nights where BYU is going to struggle? Potentially. But the nice part is I like about this roster, and I said this earlier on in the offseason. If I I didn't, I'll repeat it here. The one thing about BYU this year is they can do things in different ways, and that's the positive news if you're a Cougar fan. What you saw last night from the likes of Kobe Lee as well as Richard Harward, Harward finishing with 11 points and 10 rebounds, his first double-double in a BYU uniform, and then Kobe Lee didn't have a lot of stats. He had 12 points, but he added four rebounds, but more importantly, had two assists the night before that against uh, Westminster. Colby Lee showing off his ability to pass out of the post. Seven assists to lead the Cougars in the win over Westminster. The big men on BYU's roster this year, they're more deep and they're more experienced than they ever have been before. That is the good news. You can rely on an interior game this year, unlike what BYU previously had uh, last Last year when Yuli Child seemed to be the only proven option inside. I know Kobe Lee was there a year ago and showed off some flashes of his ability, but this year having so many guys on the roster and we have yet to see Matt Harms by the way uh, the seven foot three transfer from Purdue had an ankle injury sat out the game against Westminster coach Pope saying yesterday in the pregame show that he likely could go but they wanted to have an abundance of caution and I don't blame him one bit make sure he's fully fit before returning to the court you add him to the mix well BYU is very deep along the front line another guy you expected to be in the mix though that went down with injury last night is Gavin Baxter and I have to say folks I'm terrified for what might come in terms of what we hear about Baxter's injury. He was kind of stationary, had a guy roll into that knee of his, and it just tweaked in such a way that made you think, oh boy, this is not good. And of course, he was not in very good spirits. You could see he was upset about the whole deal. And I don't blame him one bit, because this is a guy who battled back a year ago from a shoulder injury to return when he easily could have just sat out and said, you know what? I'm going to take the year off. I'll return next year. But he battled back, played, what was it, two games? And then the season gets canceled. The NCAA tournament gets canceled. Now it's just a bummer deal. And now potentially a, a leg injury for him would just be awful awful news. I had liked what we had seen from Gavin Baxter. I thought we saw a little more of a polished offensive game. He's, of course, always had the athleticism, the length, etc., to be a disruptor on the defensive side of the football, and here's hoping that that injury is not as seriously as it looked, or excuse me, not as serious as it looked when watching it live, because like I said, it looked awful, and the way he was acting and being helped off the court made you think, oh boy, that's not good. So, 
good and bad for BYU. The good is this is a team who's going to shoot a lot of three-pointers, folks. Get ready. They're going to come in barrages. And I do think that at points, it could work to BYU's detriment because as we've seen in the past with both Dave Rose's squads in the latter part of his tenure and then last year at times, when BYU fell in love with the three-pointer, well, the old adage is you live by the three, you die by the three. I do like, however, though, that the interior options for BYU are there. Matt Harms, I'm expecting once he gets on the court, he's absolutely going to be a good uh, option for the Cougars as they push forward. I think that Harward, as well as Kobe Lee, can offer interior scoring at the bare minimum. Rebounding gets you extra possessions on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I do think that the Cougars are set up to have success this year. How far they can go? Only time will tell, but I think the early returns on this team is they are going to be right there with last year's squad in terms of their ability to get up and down the court and really play with pace, shoot a lot of threes, led by guys like Alex Barcelo, Brandon Averett also looking very good early on this season, and Caleb Lohner, a, a, a nice surprise for th- two games himself. I think that Lohner's emergence will be big, especially if BYU is without uh, Gavin Bax for any length of time here this season all right so there you go some of my thoughts on byu basketball running out of time here in this first part of the podcast let's preview the uvu contest here in just a little bit give you some of my thoughts on byu facing off against the wolverines mark pope facing his former squad guys like richard harward as well as wyatt lowell facing up against a program they once suited up for so we'll get to that here in a moment but i also wanted to talk some byu recruiting today one of the biggest commits in byu's recruiting class could come tomorrow night if logan finoa from timview high school picks the cougars we'll preview that as well as recapping some of the other offers that have gone out to athletes over the past week or so. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar, guys. I mean it when I say it. These are the best tasting protein bars on the market. And the best part is it's Black Friday, of course, of deals all over the place. If you're out shopping online or even in person, I want to encourage you guys to take a minute and check out what Built Bar's got going on. Like I said, best tasting protein bars, they offer two new flavors they have launched just today as part of Black Friday. They are a white chocolate cookies and cream bar, as well as a white chocolate salted caramel. Not going to lie, I'm going to be ordering both of these in the next little bit here because both of them sound delightful. And right now, they're also offering two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased at BuiltBar.com, guys. The best part about all of these, these new ones, as well as the other 18 unique flavors that Built Bar has, all of them high protein, high fiber, but low sugar and low fat. They are the best tasting protein bars, and they're also perfect for whatever you're doing with regards to your diet or your health journey. Whether you're on the keto diet, you're trying to lose or maintain weight, Built Bar is the right option. I would encourage you guys to check it out. And right now, Black Friday, you can go to go to BuiltBar.com, get 25% off for Black Friday. And the best part is our promo deal locked on with the Locked On Cougars podcast stacks on top of that. So you can save bunches of money on built bars on the best tasting protein bars on the market don't hesitate today only 25 percent off right off the top for black friday but don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get an extra deal stacked on top of that guys it is the right way to save extra money and get the best tasting protein bars in your pantry builtbar.com promo code locked on also save the extra 25 percent off on a black friday all from built bar a proud partner with us here on the locked on cougars podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network.
All right, guys, let's take a minute and talk some BYU football recruiting. Tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time on his Instagram feed, Timview High School product Logan Fineau, once upon a time a BYU commit, will announce where he is going to play his college ball. It's been a long time coming to see if BYU might be able to regain his commitment. And to be honest with you guys, I don't really have a read on this. I can tell you this much, though. I have seen Logan Fineau play a number of times in person in the three or four years he's been playing for Timview High School and I have to say he's gotten better and better every time I have seen him. He is a guy that truly is an elite pass rusher and would be just a welcome addition to BYU's roster at defensive end. I'm not going to lie, if BYU were able to team both John Henry Daly from Lone Peak High School, who yet, by the way, has yet to announce his commitment, it seems like he's a lock to be a Cougar in my mind, speaking of John Henry Daly, but if you're able to add two stud defensive ends like John Henry Daly as well as Logan Fineau to this recruiting class... I'd be very, very impressed with BYU and their recruiting. The biggest thing this year with the Cougars doing what they're doing on the field, of course, a 9-0 record, ranked number 14 in the college football playoff rankings. I'm still a little bit miffed about that, by the way. But regardless, BYU needs to capitalize on what they're doing on the field. And if they add a guy of the caliber of Logan Fineau, that shows you that, you know what, when you win, kind of takes care of the rest of itself. And a guy like Fineau can really help the BYU football program because, let's be honest, the pass rush over the past three or four years, essentially since Kalani Sitake showed up at BYU, has been less than stellar. Uh, frankly, it's it's been less than stellar. But I think a guy like John Henry Daly and Logan Fineau, those are two guys who have the pass rush chops, the ability to get to the quarterback, to disrupt an opposing offense, to make uh, an opposing offensive tackle's life miserable that would really excite BYU fans. Do I think a guy like Tyler Batty is a fantastic option at defensive end right now for the Cougars? Absolutely, but we haven't seen him in well over a month at this point with an ankle injury. I would expect that He's cleared to play against San Diego State, but when you have ankle injuries, they are so up and down in terms of your ability to get back on the field. Some guys heal fast from them. Other guys, it takes some time, and it appears that Tyler Batty, it's taken him some time to get back to being 100%. Could it be that BYU is just being extra cautious with him, making sure that he's fully ready before he re- re- rejoins the team and gets back out there? Sure, that's absolutely a possibility, but that's kind of beside the point here. You want to add pass rush talent. Kalani Sitake has said it once, if he's not said it a thousand times. If he can get a pass rush, if he can get pressure on a quarterback with his front three or his front four, his defense is going to be hard to stop. And he's not kidding. I think any defense is going to be hard to stop if you can get a pass rush with just your defensive lineman. But what does that require? Well, that requires a defensive tackle or nose tackles to make sure that they are have the ability to hold up the play in the middle and create one-on-ones for their teammates on the outside. So essentially, you need a guy like Kairos Tonga to eat up two or three blockers, which allows a guy like a Zach Daw or a Tyler Batty to get around the edge. Well, if you give the opportunity like, like we're looking at with a guy like Logan Fineau and or Michael Daly. Not Michael Daly. Michael Daly is the older brother of John Henry Daly currently at BYU, but John Henry Daly, those are two guys who have proven at the high school level that they can get around the edge and get a pressure on a quarterback at an elite level. It does appear that it will translate to the football field, but you need to see it finally come to fruition when they finally get to BYU. 
I think if Logan Fano commits to BYU, that's a big indication of what BYU doing on the field, what it's done for them in terms of building the reputation and capitalizing for the Cougars on their stellar season that they're having. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hopeful that he picks the Cougars, but of course, the University of Utah has been long held as the favorite for him since he decommitted from the Cougars. We'll find out what happens tomorrow night. Two other guys I'm very excited about in terms of preferred walk-on offers. They both come from the defending state champion 6A Corner Canyon Chargers. They are Noah Kerr, a wide receiver as well as running back Austin Bell. Bell announced that he is committed to BYU as a preferred walk-on. I think he's got a lot of what we see in Lopini Katoa in him. And what I mean by that is Lopini Katoa is more of that versatile back who can catch the ball out of the backfield, can run the ball either off tackle or on the interior of the offensive line. That's what I see when I see Austin Bell and what he does on the football field. Meanwhile, Noah Kerr just announced that he got the offer from BYU but has made no indication of where he will play. I'll tell you what though, if Kerr decides to join the Cougars, you're looking at a guy who I think could be a fantastic, fantastic player for BYU. He's been well tutored in football. His father is, of course, Corner Canyon head coach Eric Kerr, one of the foremost offensive minds, especially at the high school level in this state. Noah knows offenses backwards and forwards. He knows how to operate within them, and I think he'd be a welcome addition to BYU's team as a preferred walk-on. I think that he's a guy that could come in and earn a scholarship, but it's all about capitalizing on the opportunity, and of course, he needs to make the decision he's going to be a Cougar first, but I do like these offers, these preferred walk-on offers that are going out. BYU has a limited recruiting class once again this year, but if you can get two guys of the caliber of Noah Kerr and Austin Bell from Corner Canyon High School as guys who are committed to walk on at BYU, well, that's going to bolster your recruiting class even if it doesn't show up in the national ranking. So both of them great offers. And like I said, here's hoping that uh, Logan Fanot makes BYU fans weekends by picking the Cougars when he announces his commitment tomorrow night. All right, we'll switch back over to basketball and talk about the UVU game for BYU here in just a moment but before that but before we do that though reminder for you guys if you haven't done so already make sure to leave us a rating and review on this podcast wherever you're listening in from especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts those five star reviews are worth their weight in podcast gold and I have some BYU Nike gear I'm still looking to give away we'll do a giveaway next week get you one of you lucky listeners uh, some BYU Nike gear we'll ship it out to you and thank you guys for your support and the only way to do that is to leave us a five star rating as well as a sentence or two of what you like about the podcast and that enters you to win. It's as simple as that. So make sure to leave those ratings and reviews if you haven't done so already. If you have, thank you, and you will be entered to win. I don't make it so that the next group of people get to win. Everybody has a chance to win. So if you'd like to win some BYU Nike gear, make sure to leave us that rating and review, and a big thank you for your support of the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, as we close out this Friday edition of the show, let's talk about BYU and UVU. The Crosstown Clash scheduled to take place tomorrow night when BYU hosts UVU at the Marriott Center. I'm excited to see this game. Uh, Of course, these two teams have had a history in recent seasons. Mark Pope, most notably, coming over to BYU when he was at UVU and beating the Cougars for the only win for the 
for the Wolverines in series history. BYU has since kind of reestablished order in that regard, but this is still a big game, I think, for both programs. BYU wants to get to 3-0 and prove, you know what, we can do hard things. We won three games in four nights as they get ready to head to the Mohegan Sun next week when they face off against the likes of USC, and I think this is an opportunity to have a nice tune-up for that. I do think that UVU is going to be an interesting opponent this year for the Cougars because to be honest with you guys, I don't know this UVU team, and I know most of UVU's players, I felt like, over the past three or four seasons. Ten new transfers on the UVU roster this year, led by Evan Cole, a guy who's expected to be an all-whack honoree. And in their opener on Thursday morning, they actually played like 11 a.m., I think, against Adams State. Fardaz Imac, I think is his name, had a fantastic game for UVU. 24 points and 18 rebounds before being pulled out of the game when the Wolverines got rolling. And he's a big body. He's a former transfer from Mercer. I believe actually that he committed originally to Mark Pope, but is stuck with the Wolverines through the transition to Mark Madsen now as the head coach there in Orem. And this is going to be an interesting matchup for the Cougars. They have limited tape on UVU, especially all these new transfers, but I do like what UVU has put together. I think this will be a better test for BYU than we have seen so far from an undersized New Orleans team as well as a Division II foe in Westminster. IMAC, a big body, a guy who's absolutely going to be a load for BYU to try and control on the interior there. Uh, a former BYU player in his own right in Colby Lafson coming back over to face off against his former team. He transferred from BYU to UVU in the offseason. Blaze Neal, actually, excuse me, two former Cougars. I forgot about Blaze Neal, the former point guard for the Cougars. He's also a UVU player. So two former Cougars returning to face off against their former team and of course Mark Pope he'll be facing off against his former program as well Richard Harward and Wyatt Lowell guys who transferred when Pope made the move to BYU from UVU so there's a lot of ties between these two programs and the fact that they're what five miles apart from each other you could make the drive from UVU to BYU in 10 minutes if you hit all the lights right I feel like makes for a fun little game, and I'm looking forward to seeing these two square off. Of course, UVU coming off very much a rebuilding year a year ago, went 11-19 during his first year with the Wolverines, looking to have a better season this year, and we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams in this, because like I said, IMAC 6'11", 245 pounds, he's an absolute load on the interior, and the size for the Wolverines is not to be ignored. Evan Cole, who I just mentioned, could be an all-whack player, transferred from Georgia Tech, He's a grad transfer at 6'10", 230 pounds. This team has the size to make life much more difficult for BYU. Do I expect BYU to win? Absolutely. I don't think this is a game where you worry about the Cougars' ability to oh, go out there and struggle to win this game, but I do like the test that is coming down the road from UVU. Like I said, a lot of size on the interior, a lot of good size on the perimeter as well. Guys like Asa McCord, a transfer from Salt Lake Community College, a former Westlake High School product, six foot six, 210 pounds. 
Uh, Jameson Overton, 6'6", 190 pounds. There's a lot of size on the perimeter as well as on the interior for this UVU squad. So I think three games in, BYU has, I think, seen the level of difficulty from their opponents go up each game so far. Well, it gets only tougher from here on out, I think, for BYU. You face off against UVU, then next week you go back to the Mohegan Sun there in Connecticut, go to the quote-unquote Bubbleville to face off against the likes of USC and some other big-name opponents. We'll see how it goes for BYU, but I do like the way they are trending, at least early on this season. I think tomorrow night will tell us a lot more about this team as they face off against the UVU Wolverines. All right, that's going to do it for this Friday edition of the show. A big thank you once again for you guys' support of the podcast. It's an absolute blast to talk BYU sports every day with you guys. We're back with another full episode on Monday, a full week ahead, and who knows? Maybe we'll hear about BYU actually playing a football game a week from tomorrow. I hope they will. But we're going to find out, I think, together when it comes to that. Because to be honest with you guys, sources have been very, very tight-lipped about BYU scheduling this year. But should I hear anything, you guys will be the first to know. And a big thank you once again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, if you'd like to weigh in via email anytime, the show's email address is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 27th, 2020 and we will talk to you guys soon.